Hello, everyone. This is Spill Your Guests. It's been a real long while since we recorded an episode. And the easiest platform for us at the time was Zoom. Rise in Mexico, I'm in Ottawa. And we just sort of slapped this one together. Um, in short, um, I'm in recovery from my addiction to marijuana. And I just got broken up with by the love of my life. And I uh, do apologize for that sound quality. Um, these episodes are not out for the quality necessarily. It's all about just putting our vulnerability out into the ether. Enjoy if you can. Akin to splitting the atom, Ben and Ryan attempt to split their guests apart from their egos and explore the deep, ominous cave called vulnerability, attempting to shine a combined light on the treasures that hide in the dark. Without taking themselves and each other too seriously, they are engaging in conversation between themselves and with guests in a very own humorous way. We hope you enjoy listening to Spill Your Guests. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, we're, we are recording, Ryan. Now we are creating a podcast as we speak. Um, it's been a long time since we created a podcast together. Almost two years, I think. It's been, whew. yeah, it's been a while. Um, you want to get people caught up on uh, what's been going on in your life? Well, I never really did anything consistently in my life, including this podcast. Um, I certainly went through, you know, a bunch of ebbs and flows of feeling good about life and feeling, feeling like there's hope and feeling like there isn't and uh, that there will never be, um, not just for me, but for humanity and for just the, the living pain of, of all, of, uh, all of our community and, uh, and the struggle of just life. But, uh, but that's not really, that's more, that's not really realistic. Neither, neither perspective really kind of just flopping and flipping back and forth between, you know, feeling overly excited and hopeful about life and the impact on life and feeling overly and outrageously um i guess cynical might be the word for how how um there isn't hope and how as we float around on this rock in the universe like we're just hopelessly spinning toward the inevitable demise of our species and uh or at least the inevitable suffering which, of course, 
is a condition of life. But uh, here I am now. I've worked a tremendous amount on who I am and how I am. And I've gotten help. Um, I've joined 12-step fellowship in Marijuana Anonymous. Helped me get off of my addiction. And uh, not least of all, um, I met a person off of Bumble who uh, changed my life um, and made me feel in ways that I never felt I could feel and never thought was ever possible. And I think maybe the fact that I was so astounded by how I could feel and how she was, just maybe that even, even that very just kind of admiration and like being taken aback is why I fundamentally wasn't right for her. Just because at the end of the day, I wasn't, I was so astounded because I didn't believe truly in my heart of hearts that I was capable of that love and was worthy of that love and to to be with someone who kind of trudged on with me made me see an incredible strength that i didn't know i didn't believe existed um that's a course, that's a far that's a far cry from the uh one of our beginning episodes where we're talking about uh experience with a an interesting woman in a in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Very God. different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were, oh there were no God. words. No, there was no talk of love and uh, <laughs> vulnerability and all these new feelings. That was a very different story. The, the thing that's interesting about that, in a sense, though, is uh, like. I was so ripe for that feeling, like those feelings. Like I wanted that so deeply. Like I was so kind of starved for that connection that 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 when I was played like that at the bar by that 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 woman, it actually affected me emotionally, which means right. like, it, me it meant that I was in such a vulnerable place, right? Yep. And that's and that like you know I just. I just met somebody who had the compassion that I needed that I needed to have in someone for me, and uh, and I bet like and obviously the, the the woman I met at that bar that time, you know, certainly lacked lacked the compassion for my experience and my you know emotionalities and wasn't thinking on that on that level at all, right? Um, yeah, and uh, 
you know, and why would she? I mean, there was no, she had no obligation to, she owed me nothing, right? And uh, though it was, you know, one of those piss off moments, and we definitely had a nice, good diatribe about that. But uh, I mean, at, in short, though, Ryan, like here, here I am, and like she, this woman I met, who changed my life. Um, she left me. Well, she had to. We had to end the relationship. Well, she ended the relationship. I, I was one hundred percent committed, and committed to my love for her. And 100% would do anything that it took within the confines of my capability to do something, you know, but uh, that's, that's, that's the short, that's the short of it, right? I mean, it's a breakup, it's a breakup story. It's a story of my recovery from addiction. Um, it's a story of, you know, self-forgiveness, self-compassion. It's relapse too. Like I relapsed hard and she was livid angry because you know in a, in a sense I lied and, and and I wouldn't say I made her feel but fuck it you know like at risk of just you know using inappropriate language like I made her feel like I would do I wouldn't I would choose weed over her in any circumstance and and uh, that destroyed the relationship from the inside out because we were long distance at that point. So, and I was just uh, sinking into my hole and using weed as my way to relieve myself of emotional pain. And uh, I have admitted that I'm powerless over weed and that my life has become unmanageable. And I'm searching for a higher power that I'm truly trying to believe can return me to a life of sanity. And uh, I don't know what that means yet. And I'm working through these steps. I'm going to meetings and I'm, I've been doing it for now on and off five months. And uh, I did over 60 days of sobriety and then I relapsed and then I started working it again and I'm on the 43 days of sobriety and um, it's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do and I'm working for tons and tons of shit like that was in, in my life this whole time but I didn't want to face it you know I didn't I or at least I thought I was facing it, um, but I wasn't truly facing it. I was, I was just, I was just doing the things to make it such that I could justify carrying on in my own way, the same way I'd always been carrying on. So I was just doing the bare minimum. Like I would go to therapy, but I wouldn't do anything in between my therapy sessions. You know, mm. so I mean, I was like, oh, well, I am getting help. I know I have a problem. I'm getting help. So it's like, I wasn't actually doing anything about it other than going to therapy. So it's just kind of a waste. It was like, 
You're putting the responsibility on someone else to make you better? In a, in a sense, you know, in a sense, right? Which is like... Like, oh, if I pay them enough, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it never, never works that way. But it's like, yeah, if I pay them enough, yeah, I'll be fine, right? And, uh, well, if I pay them enough, like, I, I should be able to trust them to, you know, flag it or whatever. But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't care. At the end of the day, they didn't care because... They were more in it for themselves, I realized. And I had to, I just sort of had to drop that. And you know what? It was actually it was her. It was her who made me realize that that, that this this wasn't right for me. Right? She made hmm. me realize that. And like and then I went and I got somebody else and 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 then the person's just all pra- so practical and just put me on this path. You know? Like That's just good. Just knew me, just knew, just knew the real essence of of the pain and had practical solutions for it. You know, like codependency, marijuana addiction. Yes. You know, just just self-destructive narratives, beating myself up, like I've become a an expert at. Like I've just uh uh spent the better part of my life you know it's already the world will beat you down enough you have to be you have to be on your own side right if you're not on your own side you're doomed it's amazing that i made it this far it honestly is amazing that i've that i've done what i've been able to do in a sense by i i in all in all right mind like i should have just crawled into bed and just you know, atrophied into nothing. But uh, because of because, mm. because of how much I was beating myself up and and maladaptive maladaptive about my responses to everything around me. So, did the therapist say anything about um, yeah. about that pattern of of like beating yourself up? Yes. Yes, I mean yes, in that like it's not good for me, you know. Okay. It's not good for me, right? Like it's just straight up not good for me, right? So, I mean, the, like here I am, and I just like what it's so hard not to do right now, right? Is beat myself up for putting my ex partner through what I put her through to, to the extent that like. She lost faith. She lost trust, and she she couldn't be with me anymore, right? And so, how do I not beat myself up about that? It's so difficult right now. It's, it's true. She just did. She kind of kind of did. But uh, anyway, right? That's my that's my rant. Um, and I, I don't want to end the day, like, can't, it can't just be my fault. I mean, that she lost patience. It, it definitely realized and recognized all, I kind of very clearly see what went down and how I, how I take so much negativity out of so much of my life, of that, of my experiences in life. And, and I just wear that. But at the end of the day, that arrived, like, 
I've spoke too much now in a row. So I just want you to speak. Sure. You're just bouncing the phone around a bit much. It's making some noise. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm um, on the laptop there. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, just hearing some noise. Um, so, yeah. So when we were making the podcast, uh, Lada and I were living in Canada. And, um, geez, since then, I guess, yeah, it's been, it's been long enough that it was all before COVID, right? Right, Ben? Well before COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't lost my mind. But yeah, we we move around a lot. So yeah, we were, um, I got stuck in Malaysia during the COVID starting. And so I was there for about five months, longer than expected. Um, yeah, so living in co close quarters with uh, previous people who were previously strangers in a house. Uh, yeah, that can cause, you know, all kinds of drama like that show Big Brother. Um, and so, yeah, I went through some stuff there, uh, but really started to realize that coaching was a, a real potential career path for me at that point. And I, I gained more reassurance and faith in it uh, as I was sort of coaching people there almost accidentally, whether it was <laughs> with life or relationships or physically or yoga. And then I decided to make things official and got the certifications I would need and really the, the, the plan moving forward. And uh, Lada and I met, at, met in Canada. We had to deal with quarantine, but we still made it. She was at risk of not getting in there, but we got we got in because she had a visa. Luckily, previously had a work visa. Um, we spent a summer in Canada, and we really nothing um, nothing much happened. Couldn't find much work. Um, obviously, with COVID, nobody wanted to meet or do anything social, so it was quite a quite a depressing time. So. I had to do some, finish some studies in California. So I did that and Lada went to Mexico and I met her in Mexico and uh, we're still here. So uh, five months later, we're in Mexico and we have an apartment uh, it's, it's a wonderful down here. And um, not sure about what's gonna happen down the road, but she's looking at maybe a new visa for Canada, so we might go back. Um, but until then, yeah, we're doing well here. And uh, yeah, been coaching some people, been, been personal training, been teaching yoga online and in the park and in groups. Um, my real passion is the holistic life coaching, whether it's just something simple like uh, dietary adjustments or something really deep like unconscious patterns of behavior and insecurities and relationships and all these intertwined things that come into play when you mix two souls together or three or four or an entire family or a culture or a community 
uh, or financial pressures or people losing their jobs and just the shit show of stuff that comes up um, when, when things aren't discussed, like all the undisclosed items. And I mean, originally we were talking about a podcast about vulnerability because I saw how much value it had in my relationship. Like back when we were recording, uh, I would have said, yeah, I, in two years, will I be with Lada still? I would have said, yeah. And she's in the other room right now. Um, so, yeah, you can hear her. <laughs> she's talking to the landlord. <laughs> uh, she's actually getting a, uh, a pole installed because she does pole dancing for fitness. Um, she's like an apprentice for a teacher yeah. here. So she's, we're literally getting a pole installed in, <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, you have to go at. through the structural of that, eh? And uh, make sure that that's, that's all good. Well, we got to drill into the cement in the ceiling and into the tiles. And yeah, just we got to make sure it's okay with the landlord. He's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, aside from the small details, yeah, um, still sort of vagabond roaming style, but, but, you know, meeting people in California during my, some of my training really, um, really made me feel like I had the support network. Like I do have great friends like you and, you know, but it's, it's more like a specific type of support network for the path I wanted to take. And people who I saw went through very similar struggles and were in very similar places in their lives and transitioning, maybe even transitioning at the age of 30 or 40 or even older, but they're still doing it. And it was just really encouraging to see that and uh, to have that support group available. So, so that's guaranteed to be the direction in the future for me. Um, and honestly, if I do personal training for somebody, it's going to be in a sneaky way to get them into life coaching <laughs> because I can't just train somebody physically without like saying, okay, well, why? Why do you want to look better? Is there some you feel inadequate or why? You know, all these other factors that lead to it. Taking a holistic approach means you have to look at all the factors. And I think this podcast is like a holistic approach to the realities of our consequences of our actions and our, our unconscious behavior, for example, addictions or feeling not good enough or, you know, past traumas, um, worries about the future, all this stuff. Um, No, it's all there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not holistic in the sense that there's always going to be something missed, you know, and, and that we're also kind of not, uh, we're, we're very narrow in our, in our kind of perspectives in, in this podcast as well. Like it is for sure a, a display of vulnerability, but, um, I'm not trying to knock it in the sense, but, uh, but here we are in, in it talking now, but it's a very, it's a very narrow perspective and I don't know, like, I mean, everybody's experience is so different. And 
I think that there's something in it in, in our stories, at least in, and there's something in so many stories in everybody's story that you can find. Oh, there's a book between every word. Really. If you really if if you really listen to somebody, it's incredible because I learned that like because I I have to 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 do it to be able to actually help people or or, or bring things to light. And if I just sit and I try to remove my ego from the equation and just listen to what's coming through the way they form a sentence, the way they talk about themselves, the way they talk about their, the, you know, uh, the body language, the, t- the way they talk about the future. It's just, it all comes together. That they're writing a book in front of you. And we all do it all day, but a lot of us just filter, our ego just filters almost everything else out because it doesn't really apply to us or, um, for example, here in Mexico, I see a lot of Mexican people here, Spanish people filtering me out because I'm in a, we're in a very Spanish area. There's no English people. There's no, uh, I wouldn't say Westerner, but you know, can't even say North American, but like Americans, like whatever they call them gringos, but there's none. So any of my behaviors or anything about me, I can see that they're their mind like literally filters me out because I don't fit in and they're not interested in something new. But then when there is somebody who's interested in new, you can see that they get curious and they start like, they want to talk to you, want to ask questions about what your life is like and this and that and the other, but others are just so shielded. And I don't want to say ignorant because we all do it. And I'm, guilty of the exact same thing from a Canadian societal perspective, but it's more like putting blinders on like a horse or something. It's, in, it's just really interesting to, to observe. Uh, not saying it's bad because if they like their culture, they like everything. That's why do they have, why do they have to change? But I do notice those rare few people that really are looking outside of their existing scope of knowledge and experience. Right. Sorry, though. No, I, I and then, then you got to think like, and it, when you said ignorant, like it's, it's not, it's not necessarily ignorance. It is just ignoring all these other angles, right? It's like, it's yeah. uh, ignorance has this connotation of kind of being stupid. And that's not, that's not really, true i mean it might be true but it's not really true especially not in the way that you know the law of of gravity is true it's that you know people i think i don't give them enough compassion when i see that kind of ego filter happening because i i'm very sensitive to that when people are they i can see people blocking out just the entire 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 scope of of what's going on or what what could be but at the same time like they're they might be blocking that out because they're not open to it for the very reason of it doesn't serve them or it or it's something that would cause them anxiety or stress or fear to engage with so in in order to you know preserve themselves they they might 
they might block that out or prefer not to pay mind to it. Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas it's something that I'm fully engaged with, and then I see them, and I think, well, how is it possible that you can just ignore this entire side of the side of the fence? It's that's not that's not uh, you know that's not holistic. And then maybe they can turn around and say, how in the hell can you ignore my side of the fence? That's not holistic. Like, how can you ignore the fact that I need to have my blinders on or whatever it might be? And I'm maybe <laughs> ignoring something that's completely out of my even possible realm of reach right now, right? Like, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I kind of, I kind of know what you're saying in that it's uh it's tough to it's tough to really find a holistic find a holistic kind of avenue for how you go about your life and how you approach the people around you um but the interconnectedness of every every aspect of of a, of a, of a human being that that is so intricate and so inextricably linked is like what drives all of our motivations and and all of our fears and anxieties and and all of our you know all of our actions to 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 the end of maybe yeah like like you're be, being a holistic coach which is something that i think is amazing for you right and like i'm very happy that you you went through all the things that you went through in your life um to get to where you are now like and that time you spent in Malaysia, I'm sure, had a uh, had a uh, had a had a role to play, and that the spent the time you spent in Canada in, in kind of a you know a slight let's say a slight depression depression or maybe it wasn't you were in depression but it was depressing. Yeah. To yeah. be taking the steps to certify yourself, like I think. Um, that's yeah but i i think i think it goes beyond certifying yourself it's kind of like um there's yoga teachers and then there's yoga practitioners for life and you know yoga can be defined as just sitting there and being grateful for things it doesn't mean i have to do an asana i don't have to get my mat out uh to be doing yoga i could be doing devotional yoga um, I could just be thinking good uh, thoughts towards somebody else, putting out positive energies. There's many types of yoga. Um, and so just getting certified in, in life coaching, health coaching, whatever you want to call it, for me, that was just a way to gain access to people who have that uh, that sort of ego barrier up where they they need reassurance before accepting information you know they people who accept information from somebody who's a little more of the authority some people are just willing to accept it blindly or just hearing wisdom from whoever they meet in the street others are not mm. and um so i at least wanted to have that due diligence done to to say okay yeah i am actually certified in these things and i i've studied this stuff a lot but I studied thousands of hours already <laughs> day to day. You know, I went through the, all these 
certain practices, testing things out, you know, researching the religions and and uh, cultures and history, and and really trying to day to day. I'm constantly still trying to just put pieces together of how societies formed and stuff because I'm reading a book about Rome and I'm learning about the way countries interact today. You know, I'm, I'm it, all these things come together. So I feel like a holistic perspective is to accept as much information as you can and try to form um, as clear of a picture of what's going on as you can with as much information as you can can gather and understand where your biases come from. Like my raised through Christianity or uh, raised as a Canadian, um, um, color my skin, all these other potential biases that are just already in my speech that I don't even realize come out certain. Uh, and, and recording the podcast would have been interesting because I'd replay the first few episodes and I'd be, listening to myself and saying that oh well that's quite uh presumptuous or uh that's quite you know a little bit too aggressive or i didn't really listen to you you know so it's it's really interesting to hear yourself having what what seems just like a regular like phone conversation yes but then replaying it back and you just you you're it's a mirror right and i, I find actually one great way to teach to coach people is to try to be that mirror. Just be the mirror. They, they see themselves, they see what's going on. And if they want to change, they can see what they need to change because they're looking in the mirror and they're hearing themselves or they're hearing what really the way, the things they say, what's really coming out. Um, so yeah, all that to say, it's, it's beyond just going and picking a course and saying I'm certified. <laughs> No, that's a that's a very good point. Like in that you you know you record this recording this discovery. Yeah, well for sure it's the certification is just a formality. It's a credential, right? It's like a degree or you know, it's like uh it's just a matter of legitimate legitimizing yourself in the monetary monetary economy. Like yeah, exactly. So that so that you have some sort of credibility to go off of for people to trust you or before they even know you. Um, and but but like right. yeah, we record this what is kind of like a casual conversation, phone conversation. I mean, we are kind of gearing it toward a listener in a sense, like just even in our tone and in our in the way we introduce, you know, how where we're at. Uh, but but then we can go back and listen to this, and I can uncover so many of my patterns, right? And that's that was I mean. And I'll circle back now. You you look at yourself for really how you express and how you utter and how you, you know, how you go through things and your thought patterns, like for really what they are, not for how you feel like they are in the moment when you're expressing them. Yeah, true. You can really unpack, like, oh wow, like I can't believe, like I end up, you know, I end up in that sort of thought pattern it just just naturally but um that's i circle back because it's the pattern that i go through i think that 
put a lot of stress on my relationship with my ex-partner there. When 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 she was away, she, she did leave. Uh, we were living together in the pandemic. So we got together three weeks before the pandemic, let's say. And then we started living together after two weeks. Like she was over every day for two weeks. And um, like, I immediately fell in love with her. I can, I just, I, like I said, I'd never felt like I could feel that way. I never even knew. And um, I immediately fell in love with her. I mean, it wasn't like, I wasn't like so sure, okay, I'm going to commit everything I have to this person right away. But I definitely knew I loved her. And I thought she was something so special. Still do. Um, and um, then the pandemic struck. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden work from home, you know, confinement, we're together. She's with me. And we spend the next eight months basically in confinement together, you know, with my roommate too, who's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, but uh, at the same time, like we spent that whole time in pandemic together. And I, yeah. I took to, uh, like I fluctuated, like I would smoke weed and she was okay with it. Do what you gotta do, you know? Like she didn't, she didn't judge me for it. She didn't make me feel like what I was doing was like, is she, you know, so, so wrong and so, so bad, like, and that, you know, if it's what I had to do, it was what I had to do, you know? And, but she knew that like, it wasn't good for me. And, and, um, and I knew it too. And I knew that I needed to find a way to, to stop. But if it was what I needed at that time, she, she had a lot of compassion for that state of being, which I, which, which was wonderful, which was amazing. Um, but, uh, and then, but, but I think, I mean, going through all the motions of what we went through and having all the experiences that we had, I mean, like my patterns wore her down. Like she lost patience when she went away because she had to go away for work and she lost patience because I was, I was in a hole. Like I was in my weed hole, just long distance. Like every time we'd speak, I was basically a shell of a person and just like a zombie. And um, I was neglectful. I didn't even really care about myself to take care of myself, let alone take care of, uh, put the care and effort into a long distance relationship that I needed to in order to, to keep it going. And she was supposed to be gone for five and a half months and then come back. But it ended up being that she found work where she was. I'm not gonna say anything about names or locations or anything just to protect her privacy um in this because i have nothing but the most tremendous love and respect for her even to this day and she well she dumped me on sunday today's tuesday so it has not it's fresh as it's fresh <laughs> as uh you know it's fresh as uh out of a whatever you know some sort of a, some sort of comparison that might be clever as fresh as that you know <laughs> um 
it's minty fresh, guys. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. It's too that's brutal. But um, <laughs> but, but like I like I like in in in, in an instant. I I cannot. I, I say I'm in this stage right now where I'm like, maybe she's going to message me, or maybe she's going to call me back and say, let's try again, because I because she knew I was putting the effort in. She knew I really like. Maybe maybe I'm missing the point, you know. Maybe I'm missing the point. Like it's possible, because there was a stubbornness in that. Like, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like I never. I don't understand. Like I don't even realize my how how much of my pattern has inculcated in all aspects of my life. Um, but it's like I do realize. Like I draw. I draw an enormous amount of negativity and let that color my experiences from interactions, situations, things, my own performance and things, the way I act. And she was at the end convinced that like, I think no matter what, that I wasn't healthy for her. I think she was convinced that I wasn't healthy for her and that it was a toxic relationship for her and that there was, there was an incompatibility between us. And I just, that really, and and then I spent, I spent the last two to three months in the relationship with her like fully fully engaged in that in that kind of like uh kind of like fallout where she was pushing me away and being cold toward me and like being very short and I had to walk on eggshells and I did I walked on those eggshells and I wanted to find like hopefully like get to a point where I regained her trust but I didn't and I won't um, and I think it's I think it's so over and she's so done and I really I'm totally heartbroken like I don't know I'm so like I'm I'm I miss her and I'm gonna miss her, and I love her. And I have tremendous amount of love and respect for her family, who took me in and made me feel like I was a part of it, a part of it, right away. And I just saw a future with her that she didn't see. Like I just knew that I was willing to do whatever it takes within the confines of my capacity, and that's that's to say like there were times when I didn't have the capacity to do it I just and I can't I'm trying not to beat myself up for for my beat myself up for it but like when I relapsed when I couldn't put down the weed and I mean like I saw like I smoked weed the entire relationship but I definitely put her through so much emotional stress that I think just because I just because I just 
I was just always so spir- spiraling off into an abyss of, you know, self-loathing and depression and like yeah. unhealthy patterns. So, I mean, I remember, I now, here I am. I remember, I remember you um, was talking to you on the phone at one point and you were, you were quite stoned. And I was just asking like, where is your girlfriend? And you said she was there. She was around, or I guess in the house, but. I was asking if she minded that you were stoned, if it, and you said uh, she was cool with it, but it must have gotten to a point where she wasn't that cool with it. And yeah, maybe you weren't ready to, to make any changes at that point. I don't know. But from what I see now, you've, done, you've made the most progress that you've, I've seen in the entire time I've known you. And uh, I think that's wonderful because regardless of whatever benefits it might have, I don't wanna say anything bad about marijuana, but there is definitely a detachment in my ability to connect to you as you become more stoned. And it's not just the delay in your response. It's it's your ability to like process what I've said and and like I can feel your energy is it's interesting. It just it's like your ego just releases the need uh, to participate. You know, it just says, "Oh, it's no longer important. It doesn't matter what who it is and what they're saying to me." I just need to chill out or zone out or whatever it is your mind does when you're stoned. Um, but, you know, I could absolutely sense it and, and it was affecting recording the podcast. Um, yeah. No, it's your, your, and then that's it. So you said, like, I spent so much time in my own head. It was painful to watch, you know, and it's, it's true. It was painful to watch and pain. It's painful to come out on the other end of that and look back and feel all that shame and then having to work through that shame and unpack that shame to a point where you forgive yourself. Because if you hold on to the shame, you'll never move on. Right? Yeah. But uh, Yeah, that's right. I've, I've, uh, we've discussed this, I think, in the past. This, this concept of like, when you say negative things about yourself, you're re, you're like, you're strengthening the definition of yourself to yourself because you are the one who's going to listen to yourself the most. So when you say, I'm whatever it was, I mean, in the past, you used to be more aggressive with your words. So, yes, you've, you've, you've definitely changed in the way you speak, but um, that negative sense of self-worth, I still feel comes through in the way you talk. Um, And it's not like you have to aggressively push anything out, but it's almost like you have to tell yourself that it's okay to think about yourself more positively. Like allow that to be part of your process. Like it's okay to say that you're good at stuff. 
without going, but, you know, I also suck at other things. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I mean, that, I've been really good at staying open to it, right? I think I've been really good at being available to that change. Like, and I've been available to, you know, accepting that I need to change. I need to and be available to the people yes. who are giving you the energy in the right direction. The yes. people who do do say good things about you and mean it, and and you'll see them. They're everywhere. You you just your ego might filter it out. It was just the same way I would filter out whenever, whenever anybody said, oh, you can teach yoga. You, why do you go to so many yoga classes? You, you're, you've done like more hours than a yoga teacher. And I'm just like, no. In my mind, my mind was filtering that out. Like, I'll never be a teacher. And then one day, I just started listening to those people and saying, oh, may, well, okay, maybe they have a point. Maybe I have something to offer. And then all of a sudden, it flipped. And like all of a sudden I'm teaching yoga. And then I realized, oh, coaching. Why am I not good enough to coach others in certain areas or at least give certain suggestions or dietary advice, whatever it is. All those self-limiting beliefs. It's amazing how we hold on to them. They're like there are teddy bears from when we're a little kid and they make us feel comfortable even though they're holding us it's safe love, right? It, it holds us back from new and scary experiences, but it's part of life. What would life be without roller coasters? And what would, what would living be without the risk of dying? Exactly. People wouldn't, you know, so. Exactly. No, exactly. It's amazing how much I've held myself back. It amazes me, right? It amazes me. And I'm still holding myself back in many ways. And, I'm, and, I, and I still will, but because I've still got an enormous amount of insecurity I have to work with, right? And, but, you know, right now I'm in this moment, I'm still grieving. First of all, I'm still grieving my father, you know? Like I'm, I, I have, I'm still, I'm finally able to, in, in a sense, like I kind of started grieving my father again, that I had put that on hold for so many, so many years. I started grieving my father again in maybe January, you know, of this year, while I was in going through sobriety and being, and, and not, not drinking either, by the way. It's like it, the alcohol is what it was a, is a cross addiction for me is that I would stop smoking weed and start drinking alcohol. And I right. stop drinking yeah. alcohol and I'd start smoking weed. And um, now I'm just not smoking weed and I'll drink a beer, like, but I won't drink more than one, you know? Right. Uh, but it, even when I, when I first started getting off weed again, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was like a, yeah, a little, a little bit helpful to get a couple of drinks in me or something. But now it's no. No, I, I'm uh, I'm limiting myself to, you know, beer isn't an addiction. Like alcohol isn't an addiction for me. It's not a it's not a substance that I that I have I'm powerless over. Um, 
So I, um, I'm, but I'm not doing it because I want to stay fully engaged in this process of recovery. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm compromising that anymore. And I'm taking on this grief that I've never taken on before. And it's, and it's bringing me to a point, I mean, it's been almost 10 years. I mean, this is the 10th year mm -hmm. my father died. And um, like, I'm finally going through, like dealing with the stress and the pains and, and how also my family kind of crumbled was crumbled already before, but just didn't rally and didn't, and, and that I, you know, I didn't, I couldn't spend, you know, more than five minutes talking to my sister. And now she calls me four or five times a day, you know, and like, she's going through her own divorce and her own thing. And I'm there for her. Right. I'm there for her. And, you know, like this, the, this loss of my partner here in terms of my partnership, not my, not, not that she's, gone on but yeah the loss of my partnership i'm grieving that too right so i'm i'm you know i i'm getting nauseous you know i it makes me nauseous because i love her so much and i love her family and I, there's you know the, the pieces of me that like very real pieces that says like again like i just want her to look and see that i'm doing everything i can and I'm so motivated to do, do, do the work and that we can have this beautiful relationship together. And, you know, like it's something that we need to work at. And like, like this relationship that we have such an amazing connection in is work, you know, and I know it's work and I'm willing to put the work in, but I just don't think she has it in her anymore. I cannot expect her to. Come to, yeah. come to a realization and go again and decide to come back because that's just not going to happen. But I, I want it to so badly, right? And so like, I I find myself checking my phone and like get double checking my phone or even going yeah. to Instagram. I had I don't these are normal normal behaviors, right? Oh. Even even sort of wanting to because your energy is there, right? You're 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 still giving the energy towards the relationship whatever it is yeah and and so if there's nothing coming back to you your energy is still there to be used so you can use it through you know trying to figure out on social media where she was during the day and you know people go crazy with all that stuff because they've got this excess energy still towards that relationship because they want to be engaged in it but it takes the other person to bounce the energy back and create that real connection. Um, so of course there's going to be this period where one person's energy might be stronger than the others, especially if, if there's unspoken things. Um, so at least it, it sounds like you, you guys have had a chance to speak about some things. It wasn't like I've had, friends who just you know a 10-year relationship and all of a sudden the the woman i'm not i'm still not an example saying a woman always does it or whatever but for example the woman was with a new person excited about it and just completely disappeared from the relationship and said i don't want to talk to you just don't call me now that is imagine how much 
energy that person is used to putting into that relationship, all of a sudden it's got nowhere to go. Of course, it'll create like jealousy, rage. I mean, maybe the person will even start driving around trying to figure out the places where the, the, the woman or man would normally go and, and like try to see what they're up to with their own eyes because they just want answers, right? So, but that's why like speaking, clarifying things, that it would be great if we could end all relationships that way. So you could at least know what it was and, and have some closure, but we don't all get that privilege. I mean, it's, uh, it's, Oh, I'll step in and just, it's just, that it's curious that you say that, you know, because I don't consider anything about, you know, the, the fact that this relationship ended as a privilege, but the way that it ended, like, was with a full and then we we were we were like this together the whole time we had a fully engaged communication style like it was like we were we were very open with each other like we were very like and very humble in how and how we interacted with each other and when it ended it was like we both understood and i and my stance was clear you know my stance was straight up i'm a hundred percent committed I will move to wherever you are and, and I will put the work in. I will get work there. I can make it work. I'm committed a hundred percent. I'm fully in love with you to, with every, with every morsel of my being. I'm in love with you and I'm in love with your family. And I still am, I still am, mm. but, uh, of course I am. Of course I am. And, uh, but, but, and then she's in, in, in her, in her way, and in her experience, you know, expressing to me exactly what it is that that she feels about the relationship. Well, you know, there's too much pressure if I move that she doesn't trust me anymore to let to let me in. And it's going to take so much time to build that up. And we just don't have that time. You know, she's back for two weeks and we just don't have that time. And she doesn't see any other option but to break up. And for me, I understand. Like, I understand it, but, you know, and I, I didn't, I don't harbor resent or have any hard feelings, but, you know, like I said, that's, okay, well, that's it, we're sitting in a park. It was almost like something from the movies there, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sitting on the grass in a park. <laughs> sitting in a park sounds about right. <laughs> sitting in a park on the grass, beautiful day, you know? And, uh, yeah, that movie, uh, 500 Days of Summer or something. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. Something like, something like, you know, whatever, teen drama or something like that. It was sitting there on the grass. I love you. This is, well, I'll do anything for you. Oh, well, you know, this is the status of our of, of how I feel about the relationship. And, you know, the, the, only, the only option I see is to break up. And I, I, I motioned to get up and walk away. I say, oh, mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't sit here and try to convince you. I can't sit here and try to apologize and grovel because that's not, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell you what, where I stand in this. I'm not gonna, I, I, I know where, where I've, where I've uh, gone wrong here, but I'm not gonna placate. I'm not gonna say, I fucked up left, right, and center. Please take me back because that's not what she wants. It's not what I want, and that's not what she wants. It's not gonna help anybody. So I motioned to get up and she said, 
well, you're just going to go? I said, yeah, I'm, I don't see any other option. You know, if, if you don't see any other option that's breaking up, I don't see any other option than me walking away right now. And he said, it's, it's I, so hard to end that a, a conversation like that. It's yeah. so hard to have a peaceful ending to it, you know? Oh. It, it's like you know it's just like almost impossible oh to... because there's like it's like she doesn't really she doesn't hope for, she didn't want it to end you know no, no. really wanted to end but she i mean she did in the end she did but and i really didn't and um and but like i i she said like what we're just not going to talk and we're not going to be friends and of course not no like like I need to move on. Like I'm not going to be moving on by, by you know, texting back and forth with you or messaging with you or anything like that. At least at first, yeah. At least I, I said, yeah, they're down the road. I'll gladly be friends, but I need lots of time, lots of time. You know. You said something really important, and this is important too. But I just want to mention it because I've always been careful to try not to especially with like the podcast, bring up like the topic of your father or anything related to it, because I don't have hands-on experience with going through that. And that I can't just imagine giving you any kind of advice or anything like that related to it. So, but I'm curious, I've always in the back of my mind, hoped that you would come to a place where you, you, for example, you say you're continuing the grieving process of your father grieving the effect it had on your family and the like the impact it had um to hear that come out of your mouth is it's i mean it's obviously brutally painful for for you but i feel it, it's a necessary step i just i'm wondering what was the trigger what was like the catalyst for that change was it you was it um you know, no longer having the marijuana to allow you to escape when your mind wanted to start delving into that deep cave, <laughs> deep ominous cave. <laughs> the obelisk. Or was it somebody? Was it somebody uh, at the Narcotics Anonymous or whatever it is called? Marijuana Anonymous. Marijuana Anonymous. Was it? Was it just learning the grieving process? Was it learning the recovery process and applying that to everything that's happened in your life? I'll tell you, it was a combination between being available to it because of my recovery, like from, from marijuana, like, but like not just not smoking weed, which is something I've done for many intervals in the past 10 years, like I've done eight month stretches of not smoking weed, but I never did a single stretch of recovery. It's a completely different process. You know, when you have an addiction, an addiction to something, it's the, it's the, and you understand this when you, when you get so deep rooted into it, that it's truly, it's truly its own beast. It's its own beast. Um, okay. And, and so that, that getting my, being available to it through my 
engagement and recovery, but also being it's such so so exposed to what a family is that I didn't know. I didn't really know what a family was. Uh, honest and I'm honest to God until I um, like was brought into my my part my ex partner's family, like and got to experience what that was what that's like even though there was divorce and there's you know there's lots of things in that in that family that you know that are dysfunctional and 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 that are a struggle but the fundamental piece of what that family but what the family is is that it was together you know and like i i that's what i always love spending time with your family with other people's families my friends families i loved it like i just was like like that's that's always been even my my like ex-girlfriend my my old old ex-girlfriend one of the one of the reasons why i stuck around is because i loved her family well i mean i loved the idea of her family at least and um like her mom was lovely amazing you know and like you know they had a grandparents like you know they family dinners like things like that that we don't do right and uh like right in that relationship way longer than i should have maybe because one i was horny maybe <laughs> um but it was, it was nice to be able to have sex with someone and number two like the family that she had but uh no, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, there were a lot of, there were, in the hindsight, like, it's, it's on my list is to kind of apologize, make amends with her, because, like, there were certain very maladaptive and destructive things that I did in that relationship. But at the same time, I was, I was also I'm kind of treated like, treated like shit in that relationship, too. So, I mean, I'm rambling. I am rambling. But at the end of the day, it's being my exposure to a family and kind of like understanding what that what it was what it what I what it is to see a family rally like there's like the sisters that just rally together around each other and helped each other out and you know one might have been more level level headed and rational and, and uh, than, than another who might be more ang anxious and like uh, bubbly than another who's more like, you know, book, like, um, like um, book smart or, or uh, into, into just uh, like uh, reading and, and, uh, and, and arti artistic things. But in, in all, in some way, they all kind of, you know, work together as a cohesive unit to, to keep, everybody afloat right and that just didn't happen with us especially after my dad that just didn't happen like i was fully on my own i spent that i spent that time on my own from then until now and then just in the past few months i've been working through my relationship with my mom and my sister just in the past few months and it's it's brought you a lot already. It's already bringing me, bringing me a lot. It is, yeah. It's great. 
It is. And, it, and, I, and it's like, I do have the extended family, but it's just not the same thing, right? Like my cousins and my aunt, and they have their own completely different vibe, right? It's a completely different vibe that I don't fully feel comfortable with, right? I, I do love them, but I never really fully, truly feel comfortable in that vibe. So it's like, you've not, it's nothing like having an immediate family to, to rally with and to, to work. And it's like, you, when, you're, when your father dies, when a parent dies, and, your siblings, and the siblings don't, don't work through it at all together, and in, in actually, in a lot of cases, like I was, I was uh, scolded and you know dismissed and like all these horrible things, you know, that made me feel horrible. I don't want to make my sister seem like it was uh, like she's a horrible person. She's not. She really isn't. She was in her own pain, but she right. definitely, she definitely would blast me, you know. And and do things in very vindictive ways, and she knows it, and she's apologized for it, and and um, I've I've accepted that part of the, the, the apology. I I'm totally willing and, and ready to move on, and and like, I mean, this is a real vulnerable story gut session there, but at the same time, like, I'm in an extremely vulnerable place. Like I'm I'm grieving the loss of the most important relationship I've ever had in my life. The, the best person I've ever known, you know? And I'll never, I'll never, for, never stop loving her. There's no, there's just no, there's no end to it. Like I will always love that relationship. I will always have a love for her, you know? And then I don't know how to, like at this point, like it's not clear to me how I'm, how I'm going to move on. But I mean, so maybe um, a good thing for us to do would be to record a new podcast soon um, to continue to see, sort of like to show the process as, as things progress, whether it is like, you know, you guys really have broken up and, and then that's just the process of, accept, of completely accepting it on both sides and all that. Or if there was still enough energy, enough connection in some way that you're able to talk again, but I, I don't know. I don't want to say it'll go one way or the other, but it's, I mean, we're, we're given these updates in our lives here. And if somebody's listening and wants to, I'm sure they would want to participate in seeing how things progress further. So maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm just thinking maybe in terms of I'm, this epi this episode, maybe we should end this episode and make a sequel, sequel. and make another episode. Just seeing how um, things progress soon. Yeah, I know I spoke a lot in this one, there, Ryan. <laughs> it's um, okay. I really, I really. Kinda... It's great. It's great, Ben, because there were other ones where you were speaking a lot, and I was like, "This is awesome content." Um, not just awesome content, like always thinking of the person who's listening and making sure that it's perfectly digestible content because it's supposed to be vulnerable and raw and just, you know, using shitty words or pronouncing things or whatever. It's it's real life, 
but more just this is awesome communication we're having yeah. and if having having the record button is the thing that triggers the awesome communication is great then we do it but it seems like you were getting progressively more stoned during the recordings of the episodes maybe because certain it was getting a little bit into too vulnerable territory and that safe love of marijuana or alcohol or whatever addiction it is that doesn't ask you the really really tough stuff and make you clearly discuss it um maybe that was overpowering you at the time but now i can see that you can talk this long and you're obviously not stoned i'm not um, no, I'm not because if you were if you were yeah you would ramble it's fine but it would be you would literally lose track of what you were saying. You would forget what you yourself were talking about. Oh my God, I know. So how does somebody else keep track is my point. Yeah. That, that's what's so difficult. It's like I had, there were times when I was trying to figure out like, okay, what, where were you? I'll try to get you back on track, you know? Like, so that's why I think let's just continue. Maybe let's just cut off this recording and, um, Again, start uh, a new episode very soon. Would that be good with you? A hundred percent there, you know, because it's going to be weeks, right? It's going to take me weeks to, to get over it and find yeah. out. So find we'll almost have a, seri a series of episodes. We can, we can track progression by, by continuing on this podcast. What should it be called, this, uh, this episode, part one of part run of recovery and breakup i don't know part one of recovery uh i think the word breakup because recovery i mean recovery i get what you're saying because you're recovering from a breakup and from an addiction yeah uh it's up to you we can be vague or you want to be specific and say breakups and addiction but let's say this is episode one and episode two is on its way all right there ryan that's um, that's that's uh that's all she wrote that's well let's wrote. let me yeah, end I, this let me end this zoom okay Hold end on. this zoom.